The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guests today are the co-founders of The Gromit, which is a site that has launched more than 2,000 consumer products since 2008. I'm sure a lot of you have heard about it. And those co-founders are Jules Pieri, she's also the CEO, and Joanne Domaconi, who is the co-founder and chief discovery officer. Now, Jules has been named one of Fortune's most powerful women entrepreneurs in 2013 and one of Goldman Sachs' 100 most interesting entrepreneurs in 2014. And Joanne has extensive experience creating and launching consumers products, and she spent over 20 years at StrideRight Corporation as vice president of their product development. Both Jules and Joanne were invited in June 2014 to the White House Maker Fair to launch the Gromit wholesale platform, and we're going to be hearing about that too. They both have recently published an ebook called Makers Who Made It, 100 Stories of Starting a Business. Welcome to the show today. Thank, Thank you. you. There, like I said, there's a lot of buzz about the grommet, about the maker movement, and what what is it about it that is so appealing both to the people who are making things and starting these businesses as well as to consumers? What What's the allure? You know, I think uh, a student at MIT said it best a few years ago when I was there just talking to a freshman orientation class. And the student, he said, you know, the grommet is just one of those businesses we want to have exist. And I think the reason is if you're helping small business people, independent product creators find an audience and succeed, every other person who encounters that hopes that someday the grommet will be there for them, Mm -hmm. whether it's um, to support one of those businesses or to be one of those product creators. So it's really, really fundamental human connection to a mission and a group of products and companies that people just want to see supported, and that's what we do. How did you conceive of this idea? What inspired you to launch the Gromit? Um, well, Joe and I have both had long careers in product development and product launch so we were seeing something happening that we kind of independently and mutually didn't like, which was the best products weren't winning. Even mm. from our big companies, we would, Joanne in particular, this is very, very core to her work, right? She was leading product development at Kansas, yes. very big business. So uh, for both of us, I subsequently moved on to play school, saw the same effect, and we realized for a small business, it's a thousand times harder. And that just wasn't right. You know, why was it that was happening? And it was a really simple reason that retail had gotten super consolidated and retail buyers were really making the decisions for all of the market. And in the case of toys, that was really only four people in the country from the large um, big box stores. And we said, that's not right. And it pissed us off. <laughs> the thing that we that I saw was that the more innovative and breakthrough a product was, the less likely it was to succeed. 
Because the, the other thing that happens here is that people don't understand what they don't expect. What do you and mean by so, that? Well, people, what you're not expecting, the, in, the most innovative products are unexpected mm-hmm. and they're hard to understand and people have to work to kind of envision their use or their relevancy in their life. And so that is hard. The example that would be we launched Fitbit in 2011. Now imagine when that product comes walking in the door <laughs> hoping to, to reach the grommet audience. Even for ourselves, it was the very first wearable device we'd seen that connected your own data to a device on your wrist, to the manufacturer, to a community, potentially to a retailer. And that was mind-blowing even to us who spend our entire days thinking about these things. So there's a lot of translation that has to happen That's right. from you know, that company, and, and frankly, we're the company that helps them do that, and that's true every single day. We see 300 products a week, and we're seeing the future Fitbits this week. We all need that same kind of assistance to find their own community, their own audience, and people who would support and, and appreciate their products. So you were both in corporate America, and you saw that some of the best, most innovative products were not making it to the marketplace because of so much consolidation. And you saw this then as an opportunity to evaluate those products yourselves and bring them to the market. And you mentioned Fitbit. Give us a time frame. How long has the Gromit been in business? And when did you launch it? We launched October 20th, 2008, so it's been seven years, and every single day since then, every weekday, we've launched a new company and its product. What have been some of your most interesting products over that course of, what, seven, eight years that have been the most intriguing, I guess? Oh, well, of course, if you're asking the wrong <laughs> Yeah, all of them, right? <laughs> I think they're all <laughs> interesting. We cover 16 categories, everything from toys to housewares to pet products, and 13 other different categories. We live at the kind of heart of innovation in each of those categories, and we've um, developed an expertise to kind of know what the really um, interesting and innovative stuff is. So if you think back, if I think back about some of the products that we've launched that you might be familiar with, um, Jules mentioned Fitbit. We identified Fitbit in 2009 when they were just coming off of pre-orders and look at their uh, about to or just became a public company mm-hmm. in 2015. Um, we worked with SodaStream. We worked with Bananagrams. Uh, more recently, we worked with the uh, girls engineering toy, um, Goldie Block. Oh, yes. Um, we're looking for courageous entrepreneurs and breakthrough products that will interest and engage people who care about innovation and want to be kind of the first to know about what's happening in the world in terms of the consumer products. So I can tell you about a couple that are um, arising right now. Um, one of them would be a product called Bondic, invented by a dentist. And dentists, you know, you might have experienced them using a UV light to cure their work in your mouth. Well, imagine having that same sort of plastic, really, really durable, that's cured with a UV light to fix your glasses Ooh, or to fix, yeah. you know, most hard objects that might have what would have previously been an impossible break. Bondic can fix that. So a dentist transferred an idea from his dental chair to a manufactured product. Yeah. Another one that's um, really trending and ascending, literally, is Axis drones. So drones are a really important product in general um, for a lot of applications. 
and an amateur product is super interesting, right, for somebody to experience drones uh, inexpensively, $49 drone. And that's um, something that also uh, will sell out um, for sure this quarter, both on the Grama and beyond for that manufacturer, and we helped launch them earlier this year. Yeah, it's amazing how mainstream drones have become. And you were talking about the uh, uh, Bondic, uh, or is, how, is that how you said it, Bondic? Yep, B-O-N-D-I-C. Yes, I, I could have used some of that last year in the airport when my glasses, as I stood up to board, they split right across the nose. <laughs> And I, I, I couldn't, I, nothing would fix them, and I end up having to get a new pair. So This week I have a retainer, speaking of dentists, because I had an adult braces, and my retainer's been cracked for a long time. Didn't really do anything about it. Suddenly, like, the half goes down the drain. <laughs> People want to know if they can fix their teeth with it. That's a little scary, but <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh. So when you go through this evaluation process, you said that you have a process in place and that you you launch a new company every day. Uh, you've launched 2,000 since 2008, but you've evaluated about 60,000. Tell us about the process from start to finish. I'm a listener and I'm a maker and I want to get my product in front of you. How does that all start and take us through all of that up through the decision-making process and getting it launched. So, as mentioned, we are looking at 300 a week, and a good deal of those are inbound suggestions from either the creator of the product or somebody who loves the product. And another half of it is literally our own scouting because we're out and about. And so they all come in the door, and we do an initial screen on whether the product's interesting because that's kind of table stakes, right? We've Mm -hmm. seen so much. We can tell if something is innovative, potentially, and solving a new problem. Something about it is really an interesting hook. Then quickly, we have to figure out, is it really well-known? Because our community promises that you'll be discovering new things from us. So screen quickly to make sure maybe it's something great, but we missed it. And if it's not well-known, that's important. And then good for us. Yes. And then we're looking for a particular value. One of the things we intuitively found our way to in the very beginning of business and now quantitatively have proven is that people are looking for products that do something more than just deliver on the function of the product. They're looking for companies that say are coming from unexpected corners of the world or being products being made in the USA or new technologies, or green social enterprises, mm-hmm. or, un- or underrepresented entrepreneurs, or crowdfunded products. Those are all things we call values. So it's sort of three things. The product you know, looks to be great, it's undiscovered, and there's something deeper, richer that our community will get in line behind and get attached to. Exactly. And that's that's what the appeal of it is, as you say. And, and how would somebody go about presenting a product to you, though? We have an online um, submission portal that anybody who either has a product that they've created themselves or even a member of our community who knows about a product that should be on our radar can submit that idea to us, and we'll do the follow-up post-submission. It's super easy to find. It's right at the top of our site on the left top hand, you know, top of the header on our site. Yes, and I love the name that you have given this whole process and this whole concept or philosophy, citizen commerce. You know, that just seems to fit exactly what you just said. You know how that got born? Um, I was sitting, actually pitching our own business to an investor and describing how we were organizing a community to be very powerful, to act on these things, like to really sort of 
you know, level the playing field for these products. And this person says to me, gosh, that reminds me of citizen journalism. That reminds me of citizen science. You're doing citizen commerce. Uh, yeah, I've been looking for two words. And I, I lived with it overnight, kind of kicked it around in the kitchen, brought it to Joanne, applied for a trademark, got it. Yeah, and it's obviously taken off, and it, it describes what you're doing so well. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to be discussing the new ebook that Jules and Joanne have published called Makers Who Made It, 100 Stories of Starting a Business. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Looking to establish your brand as an industry leader? Want to deliver helpful, relevant content to your niche audience? Look no further. Our staff at Custom Publishing can produce branded newsletters, magazines, podcasts, and so much more. We'll take you from concept to distribution or assist you with any stage in between. Writing, editing, design, audio production, voiceovers, digital, print. If you have a communication need, we have a solution. Call 913-831-8100. Call us today and discuss the possibilities. That's 913-831-8100 for all your custom publishing needs. We all want to run a smarter business But how? The answer is ShopKeep, the iPad-based point-of-sale system that makes it easy to run a smarter business from accepting payments, tracking inventory, running marketing campaigns, and managing employees. ShopKeep does it all, taking the guesswork out of running your business. ShopKeep is just $49 per month with no long-term commitment. That includes ShopKeep Pocket, the app that lets you see your business's key performance data in real time, wherever you may be. Visit shopkeep.com forward slash smart today to begin your free trial. That's shopkeep.com forward slash smart. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We have some fantastic guests on this morning, Jules Pieri and Joanne Domeniconi, who are both the co-founders of The Gromit, which is a product launch site that's launched more than 2,000 consumer products since 2008. In the first half of the show, they have been talking about the concept behind it, about their citizen commerce philosophy, about how they vet some of the many, many ideas that are presented to them. They're launching a business a day on this site. It's pretty remarkable. Now, recently, they have written a book called Makers Who Made It, 100 Stories of Starting a Business to Help People Who Are Interested in Starting These Kinds of Businesses. So tell us about the book. I said it's, you know, it's to help those who are trying to make something and get it to market, but it's really more than that. Tell us about the inspiration for the book and what it does. Well, you can imagine um, when we talk to, you know, these dozens of companies a week that we become pretty um, fluid at helping them solve problems. And here's the reality. They're sitting in isolation solving the same problems over and over. Mm-hmm. So we said, why don't we just pull this together in a really easy to access information tool and resource. So we got out uh, to hundred of our makers and ask them some of the questions we knew other people would want to ask them. And so it's a compilation of their tips and lessons learned, successes, failures, and it's organized by type of product. So say you're considering creating a food product or a new Internet of Things product. You can dive right into those type of entrepreneurs and find out their lessons learned. And then we have some pretty cool stuff at the beginning of the book, too. Mark Hatch, who's the CEO of 
tech shop and a really important person in the space we're in, Maker Movement, um, introduces the book. There's an endorsement from Meg Whitman. And Joanne and I tell our own stories about our careers as well as how we formed the grommet because that's something that people also are interested in, um, and we want them to understand you know, where we're, we're coming from as well, mm-hmm. what our role is in helping these companies. Yeah, it really sounds to me like if this is the community sharing tips with others who might want to uh, become a part of it or who are interested in making these unique types of products, that it's just a, the book is an extension of that community. You're, you're sharing ideas from the community, and uh, it's not just another dry, this is how you start a business kind of book. It's, it's very uh, interactive in that way, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool because um, one of the things we haven't talked about is every day we release a video about these companies with beautiful photos of their products and the founders. And because this is an ebook, all of that kind of media is also in the book. So when you say it's not dry, it's quite, you know, it's quite the opposite in right. terms of all this yeah. rich, rich media. And, um, and the other thing that's pretty cool is we've learned, you know, we, we went out looking for these responses and you don't know what you're going to get back at all. And they flooded back very quickly. People were dying to tell their stories. They were very generous. And the one stat that really surprised me was that only 10% of these 100 makers had any prior experience in the product category they're working in. Hmm. So these are lawyers switching over to outdoor gear. You know, these are uh, former ER nurses who are working, you know, in, in beauty products. It's it's all over the map, and that's very encouraging, sort of back to, you know, why does this business inspire people? It's actually not us, you know, the grommet inspiring people. It's these makers inspiring people, and people love to see that people like them are doing something that might look like a a future dream in their own life. Right, and you're providing the platform that allows all the communication and sharing to take place. Uh, it, it sounds like a fascinating uh, place to be. When you talk about these people and that they had other professions, were they? did they decide to come up with these ideas based on their own need, or was it hobbies that they had had before, a little bit of both, other? <laughs> where, where are they coming up with these ideas if it wasn't something that was already part of their background? Well, actually, you know, it's it's kind of funny. Every story is so individual. Sometimes it's happenstance. Sometimes people are just driven to solve a problem. Sometimes it's a family business that they take over and recreate. So, um, you know, the the story of how and why a person is driven to create is as much human nature as it is, um, you know, entrepreneurship. I think that is... Um, kind of the funny thing about it. I'm always, I always marvel at the reason why. Yes. Um, yet, it's the story and the journey that is rich that, you know, as Jill said, what we've learned and what I've learned and have been amazed by is that every product has a story and the journey, kind of lending that journey to the um, kind of purchase um, equation is powerful, um, and I think at it, in, in, at its core, the grommet storytelling is the soul of of what we do and how we create value and meaning um, for new new to market products. It's that human 
connections. Yeah, people like to know what's behind what they're buying. I, that makes it, it all the more attractive to them. It's just like uh, until I went out many, many years ago to Napa and Sonoma, a wine, you know, a bottle of wine was just a bottle of wine on the shelf until I started visiting the wineries and meeting the people behind it. And now every time I buy a bottle of wine, I understand so much better about what goes on behind it. So I think I think that is attractive to people and that you've hit on something there. Tell us about the launch timing, 2008, the recession. Did that have any impact on uh, the people deciding, you know, maybe they've got laid off during that time or maybe they thought, you know, what do I have to lose after all this that we've gone through already? You know, I'm going to take a gamble and and go after my dream. Did, Did you see the recession having any impact on making the grommet a success? Absolutely. There, I'd say there were three things that collided. The recession was definitely one. People were saying, well, what I thought was perhaps secure is, is not as secure. I'm going to bet on myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then number two, the um, access to technologies inexpensively for prototyping or just simply the Internet for researching an opportunity became very, very present to ordinary you know, people. And then Ultimately, not quite 2008, but more like 2010, uh, the crowdfunding platforms provided yet another boost to this burgeoning activity because the crowdfunding platforms like Indiegogo and Kickstarter have, have solved a problem that was pretty big, which was how do I get that first run, uh, you know, production run of a product yeah. going because you cannot get financing easily uh, if you're a brand new entrepreneur in a brand new space. Exactly. Tell us about your visit to the White House in June of 2014 to, you know, the, this Maker Fair, of course, now it, it's getting White House attention. The, at Kansas City has a Maker Fair every year. In fact, our publication, Thinking Bigger, is getting ready to launch in 2016 a whole, uh, you know, two-page spread every month dedicated to KC Makers. Uh, KC Made It is uh, is what we're going to call it. And so this this is something that isn't dying out. It wasn't a fad. It's actually gaining momentum. And, and of course, you just got back a year ago from the White House. So tell us about that experience and where you see this movement going. Joanne was actually invited back again this year. Ah. So she's been there twice now. Congratulations. Um, yeah, on the same yeah, I mean, actually, the our, our invitation to the White House was quite an honor. And the reason that they I invited us was because uh, we were announcing the launch of our wholesale platform. And so when we started the Gromit, we were taking the stories of these makers directly to consumers. But six and a half, six years later, we created a new face. We pushed a new face of our platform that was aimed at independent retailers, Main Street retailers. One of the ways that Main Street retailers compete with big box stores and is by having unique um, distinctive products. And what better way to access distinct, unique products would be to um, engage with new-to-market makers. And so we launched the Gromit Wholesale in June 2014, and what we were essentially doing was connecting little guys, little guy makers with little guy retailers, uh-huh. main street to maker. And because two out of three new jobs in this country are created by small business, um, this is a really powerful movement for our economy. It's going to change the face of um, our our 
our country. So uh, the Obama administration and the Office of Science and Policy Technology, Office of um, OSTP, Office of Science and Technology Policy, invited us to make our announcement at the White House about this new platform that would connect little makers, little businesses, creating products to Main Street retailers who would sell their products. And, it, and, and it's, I think you hit right on it, Kelly, what the White House um, and people in general around this want to make clear is this isn't a in the corners DIY movement. This is right. This has moved well beyond the level of a science fair Mm -hmm. or craft. These are viable enterprises creating real jobs, repatriating manufacturing in many cases. So um, we represented one of the most important business initiatives against us because obviously we've we have 65 people at the Gromit. We've had, you know, professional investors. We've had long careers ourselves. This is not a hobby. This is not, you know, a casual endeavor. This is a real enterprise helping these companies, and that was meaningful to the to the White House folks. Absolutely, and as you say, this is something that is going to continue uh, from from everything that we've seen so far. Is going to continue. It's only going to grow stronger, and I think probably the millennials too. Uh, this is this is a probably a hit with them. Wouldn't you say that this is because they like the social aspect of companies? They they like the uniqueness. Uh, they're very savvy online, so they're, they're almost built in audience for you, right? Yeah, their their general expectation of business is that great you you know I'm a capitalist I expect you to be a for-profit enterprise but what more do you do right and so it's kind of funky when those entrepreneurs come in the door with their products their business models have layers that are completely natural to them to have a mission uh, they'll be for-profit mission-driven companies and at first you would you know, kind of and wonder if they're a nonprofit because they talk so much about <laughs> who they are in the world and what their impact is and um, so they're 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 not your uh, you know your your grandfather's um, company. They they are really vibrant and interesting in new ways. And and here's the funny thing: um, it's not just millennials who care about this. Baby boomers are just generally older people. Always move to a little bit higher um, kind of sense of legacy, True. spirituality, True. impact. So these two generations, for the first time in history have practically the same value set. That's really powerful. Yes, it absolutely is. We are short on time now, so I want to make sure that anybody who wants to get a copy of the book knows where to go and get it. How, how would they best get a copy of the book, the ebook? Uh, it's free, first of all, free to download, so uh, no barriers to getting the book. And if you just Google Makers Who Made It, you'll find it. Um, mm-hmm. You'll find how to download it onto the normal ebook you know, whatever, whatever your reader you yeah. have um, or onto your desktop if you prefer to read it there. Okay. Yeah, so you can actually download it right from our site in the lower, on the homepage in the lower um, center. You can download it right from the Gromit site. Okay. I didn't know that. Good. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> you learned something there about your own site. Now, uh, just very importantly, the when there, she says the Gromit dot com, the is part of the URL. So the Gromit dot com. Go out there, uh, look over the site. You'll find a lot of interesting new products. Like she said, they're launching one business a day, and you can also download the book Makers Who Made It: One Hundred Stories of Starting a Business. We really appreciate you coming on the show today, and. We're also 
uh, going to go ahead, If for all of you who are listening, we're going to uh, print an excerpt of this in our magazine in January as we launch the Casey Made It column as well. So thank you so much for your time today and with all the great work that you're doing. Thank you. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at IThinkBigger.com. Follow us on Twitter at IThinkBigger and on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.